At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. All rise. Welcome to the Cyber Law and Business Report. Get the top story on the hot button internet legal topics of the day. This is your home for the latest on internet law and policy. Hear the latest net trends impacting business and have your questions answered right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report. Now, please welcome your host, the founder of the Internet Law Center, Bennett Kelly. Good morning. This is Bennett Kelly broadcasting live from the Internet Law Center here in Santa Monica, um, the heart of Silicon Beach. And we have another great show for you today, so please be seated. Um, we have with us today Delphine Halgan, who's a return visitor. Um, she's with Reporters Without Borders. She's actually their U.S. Um, director. And um, we're going to be talking about a lot of the work they've been doing. They publish a, a very um, informative and um, thought-provoking um, global um, World Press Freedom Index. And um, this year, the United States is ranked number 42 in that. Um, she also does work in, in covering um, issues within the United States. So, for example, there's a, a New York Times journalist who's being, who may, who's being jailed in his petition um, to um, free him. We'll be talking about that, as well as some of the developments and restrictions on um, the netizens around the world, and um, including recent um, enactments in Ukraine. Um, and then later we'll talk about some other um, restrictions online. Um, after we're going to be talking about the cost of uh, NSA surveillance. There's a new report out on the um, NSA's impact on the economy, internet freedom, and cybersecurity. And then finally, we'll be remembering Robin Williams. So, but without further ado, we have Delphine Haglund. Are you with us, Delphine? Hi, yes. Thank you for inviting me. Yes, welcome back. It's always been a pleasure to have you. And um, and so for those who aren't familiar with uh, Reporters on the Frontier or Reporters Without Borders, as you know, in the U.S., um, can you tell us a little bit about the organization? Yes. So Reporters Without Borders is the largest press freedom organization in the world uh, with almost 40 years of experience. And thanks to a huge global network of 150 correspondents in 130 countries, uh, we are able to gather um, information on press freedom violation every day and then to 
um, assist um, the journalists who are attacked or jailed, and uh, we advocate on their belief uh, at the local but also international level. But most of all, we are there to help them to continue to do their job not just uh, because we think that the journalists are exceptional people, they're just normal people, but uh, because um, freedom of information is the freedom that allow all of us to verify the existence of all other freedoms. And um, you know, for those who are, are unfamiliar with it, their website um, is uh, en.rsf.org, and they actually have an index, or a press freedom index barometer, I should say, that lists the number of journalists killed, netizens and citizens journalists killed, um, journalists in prisons and netizens in prisons, and um, they keep a running total by year. So it's it's a mm-hmm. good resource. So, but um, you're, one of the biggest things you guys do is you publish a World Press Freedom Index and um, 2014. And so um, why don't you tell us a little about how you, you, you developed that and uh, what were some of the findings? So the World Pre- we published this WordPress Freedom Index every year since 2002 uh, to measure the level of freedom of information in 180 countries. So really, it reflects the degree of freedom that journalists, news organization, and netizens enjoy in each country, and the efforts made by the authorities to ensure um, respect for this freedom. We have a, a full-time statistician working on this index, and we take into account like eight criteria, one quantitative, seven qualitative, but really we're not judging the quality of the media, we're judging um, the level of press freedom. And so in a, this year, uh, press freedom index, uh, it's true that the United States fell uh, 13 places and are now at the 46th position. Um, so it's always a kind of a shock for, um, for Americans to realize that, yes, uh, you cherish the First Amendment, but there are the, some um, challenge that the U.S. are, are, are facing and really um, how we can explain this uh, uh, decline this year. Uh, there's actually one clear message. It's, it has been clear that um, now in the U.S. the whistleblower is the enemy. And uh, in a, yeah, I just want to remind you that eight alleged whistleblowers have been charged under the Espionage Act since Obama took office in 2009, compared with three uh, during uh, Bush terms, by example. And why is it so... Um, it has so much consequence to go so hard after whistleblowers because leaks are clearly the lifeblo- lifeblood of investigative journalists given that nearly all information related to national security is considered secret here in the U.S. So it's it's pretty clear to, to say that this crackdown against whistleblowers is designed to restrict all but officially approved version of events. And that's how 2013 will remain the year of the Associated Press scandal. You remember when the Department of of Justice acknowledged that it has seized the, the news agency phone record, but also 2013 will be remembered as the year where whistleblower Manning was condemned to 35 years in prison, and on the top of that, 2013 will also be remembered for the revelation of Edward Snowden, who right. exposed the NSA surveillance method. 
And so, and unfortunately, it's going on this year with um, with the case, uh, the prominent case of James Risen. So James Risen is a New York Times uh, reporter reporting on national security. He was awarded the Pulitzer Prize for his work two times, and he's actually um, uh, at the last. A judicial step before going to jail because he refused to give up his sources. So since actually 2006, since 2006 when he published some information that the administration didn't like so much about the um, CIA operation in Iran. So since 2006 he is asked to testify against his Sources, and he always say that he won't. And um, if I say it's the last step, it's because the Supreme Court uh, just rejected uh, in June his appeal. So it means that now the Department of Justice uh, has to decide if they want to force a New York Times reporter to reveal his source or not. If the Department of Justice wants to force him, and then um, James Ryzen is facing uh, huge fines and imprisonment. And that's a very critical time because right now we are really waiting for the Department of Justice to to show what they expect to do. And that's why uh, tomorrow, actually, many uh, press freedom organizations will um, give to the Department of Justice a petition which was signed by more than 125,000 people uh, to defend James Ryzen and to express their worries that the Department of Justice is going after a journalist who protects his source. Your um, your website quotes uh, Attorney General Holder on the Rising case, and he had previously said, as long as I'm Attorney General, no reporter who is doing his job is going to go to jail. As long as I'm Attorney General, someone who is doing their job is not going to get prosecuted. Um, you know, how does Holder you know kind of keep that um, statement in line with what is happening with Risen? We can feel reassured by um, Eric Holder's statement, but also, in a sense, uh, Eric Holder um, maybe won't be um, the Attorney General forever, and it has no legal um, value, a declaration like that. So I um, I wish and I hope that the James Ryzen won't be in prison as long as Eric Holder will be the Attorney General, but uh, what what will happen next, or what right. does it say? Or, or so, it's it could be a good sign, but uh, we need to see the Department of Justice abandon their uh, pursuit against James Lyson to be convinced that he will never go to jail. <laughs> so now that he's lost the appeal, the the next step would be a sentencing hearing, or does he automatically? Is there already a sentence been been imposed? So the next step for James Ryzen is that um, the uh, there's a few steps. So that the prosecutor um, should call Rise, uh, James Ryzen as a witness, and then James Ryzen would have to refuse officially against, and then um, the judge would have to hold him in contempt. And then, as uh, James Ryzen would be then violating a court order, he would right. face a fine or imprisonment. 
Okay. And um, you know, for those of you who may remember, that actually happened during the, the Clinton years when Kenneth Starr was trying to go after one of the Whitewater witnesses who refused to cooperate. And um, rather than um, respond to Starr, she, she, she spent two years in jail as in, in civil contempt. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, has, it has occurred before. And um, the, the, the woman's name is escaping me for some reason, but um, so so these were factors in, in rating the U.S. further down the scale in the '40s, and um, because of the, the kind of its its attack, what you see is as attack on whistleblowers. Um, what in, if you were advising um, Attorney General? Holder about what to do in, 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 for example, in the instance of Bradley Manning, and because it's, he's not just a simple whistleblower, he's also a member of the military, which has you know certain strict codes of discipline. And how would you recommend that he um, balance those interests? Well, I think that we have to take into account the uh, importance of the information which was revealed when uh, whistleblowers reveal information of public interest. Um, which I think um, it has to be taken into account. I mean, um, when we think of uh, what uh, impact uh, Edward Snowden's revelation had on the Congress acting to react to what they, what, what was, what, what, what the NSA was, uh, methods and, and all that. So in, in a sense, it's weird to believe that Edward Snowden is, is stuck in Russia for publishing information that now the Congress is even uh, working on to to change uh, um, what is happening. So it's it's a little weird to observe this uh, contradictory um, uh, behavior. In a sense. And um, in in terms of the the countries that uh, in the global press index that come at the mm-hmm. top. What, what is it that distinguishes them most from the other countries in the pack? So traditionally, the best-ranked uh, country in our World Press Freedom Index are North European countries, uh, where really we um, observed um, a strong uh, attachment to pluralism, to media independence, but also a strong legislative framework, um, and uh, also the uh, a, a complete or almost complete transparency of the government. So that's. Um, but I just want to say that even if we observed uh, an important decline of the U.S. this year, um, the U.S. remained in the first quarter of the index, where most of the countries are. Uh, the democratic countries and where their score are pretty tight. So, and, uh, and you can, uh, and we are still far from countries like uh, Eritrea, North Korea, Turkmenistan, Syria, Somalia, which are at the bottom of our index, uh, since many, many years. Yes, um, <laughs> the, uh, the bottom <laughs> 10 would be, uh, would appear to be, um, Laos, Sudan, uh, Iran, Vietnam, China, Somalia, Syria, Turkmenistan, um, People's Re- Democratic People's Republic of um, Bhutan, and Eritrea. So, um, 
definitely not a. Uh, actually, those people can. Sorry, that was North North Korea. Um, definitely a, a, a rogues gallery, which is a far you know far cry from where the U.S. is. I think also ranked along with the U.S. in in the forties are um, South Africa, um, Romania. Um, Haiti, Niger, Italy, and Taiwan. So, you know, it's kind of a mixed company there. Although uh, a company, a country you may be familiar with, um, Delphine, France is at thirty-nine, so not that far off itself. Yes, you see, we we blame France a lot as well. <laughs> why, why, why is why France in particular? What is what is it about their restrictions? Uh, so, in France, we had uh, some. Uh, Unfortunately, some uh, similar cases of uh, of uh, eavesdropping at uh, journalists, <laughs> and uh, also uh, there has been some uh, laws that we consider as dangerous for press freedom, uh, which were passed last year. But also, we consider that um, when uh, France intervene in Mali, they completely are um, blocked the access to journalists to all the. Uh, conflict and so it was in a sense uh, um, really a, a war which was without cameras so we we were also pointing that point now if, if you go to your, your Facebook page a, it's, you have a, a big promotion about the uh, um, you, you did have a big thing about the, the anniversary of Tiananmen Square and the fact that the Chinese citizens have never seen um, mm-hmm. photos of what happened at Tiananmen Square or for more, more specifically photos of the Tank Man as he's more commonly yeah. known and uh, so tell us a bit about that effort and uh, you know, what, what, what was your reaction to the Chinese crackdown on netizens that preceded the anniversary yeah so what we have seen is that since the change um, of power um, this last year we really uh, have observed a uh, if, if we believe it was not possible, but yes, it, it is unfortunately possible, a uh, harder crackdown on journalists and news providers. If I say so, that it's not new to see dozens of journalists in jail in China, dozens of netizens in jail in China, but still we, we are observing that there's always an increase of violation and um, the 25th anniversary of Tiananmen Square massacre was again one big uh, moment uh, of this crackdown. Many journalists were arrested. Uh, the web was harshly uh, uh, um, censored. Uh, but also what we observe is really an organization in a sense of this crackdown. Now the government is uh, issuing new rules every day to say what uh, journalists can cover, what uh, the official journalists can cover or not, really to restrict uh, the way uh, Chinese media could work with foreign media or even uh, what kind, how, how it's prohibited to express unauthorized criticism. So it's, it's um, the the... Yeah, the Tiananmen anniversary has been one peak, but we observe every day again and again new crackdowns on the Tibetans, but also on Uyghurs and uh, on anybody who try to have a little bit of uh, uh, freedom space. 
We're going to take a short break. We'll come back. We're going to talk to Delphine about some other restrictions on medicines in places such as Ukraine. Um, after these messages, you're listening to Cyber Law and Business Report on webmasterradio.fm. Stay tuned for more of the Cyber Law and Business Report after this brief recess for our sponsors. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contest and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. InternetMarketingNinjas.com is the online dojo of the highly trained and skilled Internet Marketing Ninjas. Disavow documents, reconsideration requests, Panda and Penguin penalties. Let our superior SEO ninjas confront all of your link-related issues. The Internet Marketing Ninjas are equipped to master any marketing exercise, content creation, authorship, link building, PPC, and more. Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at InternetMarketingNinjas.com. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. The best gavel-to-gavel legal news and information on the net is right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report. Only on webmasterradio.fm. And we're back. This is Bennett Kelly with Cyberlawn Business Report. We have Delphine Halgen with the um, Reporters um, Without Borders. And uh, they're one of the, are the leading media group in, in terms of monitoring global press freedom. And they've been very active also in monitoring um, freedom on, on the net. And what we often refer to as netizens. And there have been... Um, you know, the, over the years, there have been a number of re- increased restrictions on netizens, and they've also been um, a number of netizens who've been imprisoned, and as well as who've been killed in conflict. And one thing, uh, reporters about borders says you you issue uh, an award for netizen of the year, don't you? So, uh, sorry, we released a note. Is there, don't you have an Can award just- for netizens of the year? Yes, uh, every year we award. Um, a, a classical journalist, but also a netizen since many years, because uh, in some countries, uh, actually the accredited journalists are just following the propaganda. I'm thinking, by example, of Vietnam, where the only independent news will be coming from um, bloggers, 
which are sometimes seen as non-valuable uh, news providers, but in mm-hmm. some countries they are really the only source of independent information. So we 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 thought that it was uh, it was they they deserve um, to be awarded as well. We've actually had on our show uh, a prominent blogger, Watson Meng who um, his blog is apparently one of the top blogs that are read by Chinese leadership, but it's also one of the ones they try to censor, and um, his site has been subject to a number of attacks, and he's based here in the U.S., and he's had his, you know, he's had his site taken down by heavy attacks. So one of the things that's in the news lately is that the Ukraine parliament just passed a law um, on restricting bloggers. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so... Um uh, you know, every day brings a new uh, press freedom violation, which are all, most often uh, very linked to the global news. If you want to see where there is press freedom violation now, yes, uh, you can look at what is happening in Ukraine, um, in uh, uh, Israel and Gaza, but also in Egypt, and you will know what are the hot spots. Uh, so, um, yeah, yesterday, actually, um, the Ukrainian government um, passed a bill uh, as a first reading at the Ukrainian parliament. And if we are very concerned about this bill, it's because it could allow the government to close media and block websites on national security grounds without a court's permission. So this is um, very concerning because it just would mean that if the government thinks that a media or website uh, it is attacking national security, this very vague um, notion. Then they could uh, close the media and or a website. But what is really concerning is that this um, trend of um, explaining press freedom violation uh, with the concept of national security is clearly a global trend. Uh, it's it's explain it's, it's we observe the same up. Um, threat uh, in the U.S., but also in U.K. or in Turkey. So really, you really see globally that governments, democratic or more authoritarian ones, are using this idea that to protect national security, they have to restrict uh, freedom of information. And that's very, very concerning. Is it that the, the reaction or the lesson taken from Arab Spring, you know, from a few years ago, is that the internet is dangerous to repressive regimes, and and you better stop it. Uh, so yes, uh, with the Arab Spring, we observe that many authoritarian regimes, even in Asia, uh, really uh, were uh, went uh, harder on the internet because they were afraid of uh, this freedom was uh, circulated the space of freedom, which is the Internet. But for the national security um, arguments, I think we all, we have seen that since uh, more 9-11 when uh, countries like Turkey or Ethiopia started to use this national security protection uh, excuse to crack down uh, on the journalists. So there's different movements uh, happening at the same time. And, you know, obviously it says something when a country is afraid of its own people. Um, I think mm-hmm. that says a lot about the, the, the nature of the regime and its legitimacy. Yeah, and uh, it, it's, um, 
you, you know when that's why when I, I, I started to say uh, if you want to know where there's press freedom violation just look of where right now people want to hide what is happening and so that's why I'm mentioning Ukraine uh, I'm mentioning uh, Gaza and I'm, I'm mentioning Egypt so and and just to go back of why uh, freedom of information is so important it's because freedom of information is the freedom that allow all of us to verify the existence of all other freedoms so that's that's bring us back to why our governments or drug cartels want to control the information. They don't want um, us to know what, what is happening. And, you know, for example, you did mention Egypt, and Egypt was a scene uh, of huge crackdown um, in response and to since the, um, the coup that overthrew the, um, the elected government there. And um, mm-hmm. is there any updates you have on, on what's going on there? Yeah, so in, to, to, Egypt has never been a paradise for journalists. It's hard to say that. But uh, really since um, Mubarak uh, fall, uh, all the governments in place have, have tried to control the media and the information. When uh, the Muslim Brotherhood was in power, really, we observed a kind of uh, a brotherhood. Uh, <laughs> the Muslim Brotherhood tried to really control as much as possible the media. And then after uh, President Morsi's uh, removal last summer, uh, and, uh, and when the army took power, uh, we have seen the inverse movement. Um, the army seize power and try to control as much as possible the media and the Muslim Brotherhood uh, medias were now the targets uh, of this anti-Muslim Brotherhood campaign. And Al Jazeera is one of the main targets of this actual campaign. That's why um, Al Jazeera office was closed and that's why um, many Al Jazeera employees were arrested and detained. And just to remind you that right now there are still one Canadian and one Australian Al Jazeera journalist who are detained in Egypt, um, presumably on completely actually spurious charges uh, to circulate false information and to conspire with a terrorist organization, the Muslim Brotherhood, uh, when they are actually, uh, they used to work for CNN, they were awarded for documentaries on Somalia, so they are just in jail, so right now they're just a Canadian and an uh, Australian journalist in jail in Egypt for doing their job, and that's a really concerning alarm sign when uh, Egypt is one, um, is, wants to be a reliable ally for the United States and uh, we, we need Egypt to be a stable country and a, a stable ally but we cannot allow a partner to jail journalists uh, on completely spurious charges. Now, um, right now um, on your um on your Facebook page, you guys have a profile. Um, you have a profile that on the. Um, actually, oh, you just changed it this morning. <laughs> I was just looking at it now, but um, yes, I saw you have the the global first team. But you had something on uh, a Grand Prix in Bahrain, was it? Yes. Uh, so one of our uh, continuing campaign 
uh, is uh, targeting Bahrain, Bahrain, which is this uh, small state, but which is a, a very close ally of the United States because um, it hosted a, na- a U.S. naval base. And in this uh, country, since the Arab Spring, there have been many, many journalists arrested and jailed, and there are still um, uh, at least a dozen uh, professional and non-professional journalists jailed in Bahrain. One of them is Ahmed Umaidan. He's a photographer who has been in jail since uh, three years now, and he was sentenced to 10 years uh, last just for taking pictures of uh, the demonstration. So, and that's once again one ally, a close ally of the United States, and that's why we, we try to raise awareness on these countries because uh, we hope that the behavior could change. <laughs> now, um, you know, for people, you're, you're based in the United States and uh, you're the main country representative here. Um, what what can citizens in the United States do to help promote press freedom and particularly Internet freedom abroad? But they can uh, spread uh, the word about uh, the information and the reporting that we provide. But also, if they want to be more active, they can also... Um, um, ask their uh, congressmen to take a point on the situation in Egypt uh, where the United States are clearly um, financing the government here, that they can also ask their congressmen to make a point with Bahrain, which is also a close military ally of our country. So as um as an American citizen, you can make your voice represented by your congressman, and that, that's, that's a very powerful uh, tool that American citizens have. And um, in terms of the resources that you guys offer, that, that includes your, your World Press Freedom Index, but you also do a report, Enemies of the Internet, correct? Yes, uh, we, so our WordPress Freedom Index is one of our most important annual reports, but we also, uh, publish, uh, publish every year, um, report on the enemies of the internet. So traditionally we focused on, uh, the countries which are the worst censors on websites and the worst, um, uh, um, countries detaining uh, netizens and bloggers, but we also uh, in this recent years focus on the companies uh, who are selling softwares to authoritarian regime, and most of these companies are actually European and American. So we we it, we we think that it's very important to uh, highlight that if uh, Libya was able to monitor its internet, it was actually thanks or uh, because of a French company. If uh, Syria is able to have technology, it's also because of Western companies. So it's also important to highlight these responsibilities that private companies are, are playing in the crackdown against human rights defenders, journalists, or dissidents in this authoritarian region. We actually did a show on this um, last year when, I guess, um, the... Um there's a media lab in the University of Toronto that was focusing on they call it Project Blue Coat. I guess Blue mm-hmm. Coat is one of the major providers of some of this technology, and um, mm-hmm. so they were trying to draw attention to that. 
And so um, we only have a few minutes left. If um, if people want to contact you or learn more about what um, you guys are doing, uh, what's the best way for them to do so? So uh, I invite you to go to our website where really if you are looking for information on any of the countries from Uganda to uh, Saudi Arabia, we have uh, one page for each of the countries so you can follow all the press freedom violation, and uh, also you can have access to our annual report, uh, but also if you want to support us, you can also make a donation online or on our website. Okay. And just to mention that our website is available in English, French, Arabic, Chinese, Spanish, Russian, but uh, I hope that uh, you will have uh, already have an idea that we are an international organization just by hearing my French accent. <laughs> so. Really, you, you have a French accent. Um, so, but I want to thank That's you. That's what people say, but I, I, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I want. I want to thank you for coming back, and you know, I, I think the work you guys do is invaluable, and you know, it's a good barometer. It's a good. It, you know, these these annual reports are good touchstones for us to measure where we are. And, you know, I was looking at the numbers on the number of re- reporters and netizens who have been killed you know, just in the last couple of years when, for example, I think in 2010 there were no netizens killed. So it, it reminds us that this is an increasingly a, a dangerous area and, and one that we need to pay attention to. So I want to thank you very much again. And uh, it's been a pleasure having you. Anything else you, you want to you mention before we leave? No, okay. Thank you for uh, inviting me again and for uh, highlighting uh, this uh, very important issue on uh, the press freedom and uh, internet freedom. All right. Well, thank you very much, Delphine. Um, it's always a pleasure. Delphine Haglund with the Reporters Without Borders. Definitely check out their website. Um, and it has lots of information on um, what's going on in terms of uh, global media censorship and um, repression. Um, both online and offline. So we're going to take a short break, but when we come back, we're going to wrap up and talk about some additional information on the latest going on in terms of the impact of the NSA scandal on U.S. business and elsewhere. Stay tuned for more of the Cyber Law and Business Report after this brief recess for our sponsors. Internet When you started your business, you first listened to your professors. Now that your business is growing and gaining ground, you only seek out professionals. PPC Professionals, an industry leader for highly optimized search marketing campaigns with over 30 years of combined management experience. Our professional approach to every campaign helps you find every avenue of revenue so that you can not only stay ahead of your competitors, but get a return on your investment and increase your bottom line. PPC Professionals, personal, professional, PPC services. PPCProfessionals.com. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, seen other SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PBC web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Bubblefast burst onto the e-commerce scene as a family-owned shipping supply provider back in 1999. The product line has grown 
But Mark and Robin still own and operate BubbleFast as a family business. Being sellers themselves has taught them what online sellers need to safely and affordably deliver their products to their customers. BubbleFast is proud to be an active member of the community of online sellers. Mark and Robin sponsor seller meetup groups, share shipping tips and tricks through social media, and always love talking to customers and helping solve shipping challenges. Check out the website at BubbleFast.com. Sign up for the Bubble Briefs newsletter to join the BubbleFast family. Use promo code WMR to get a 5% discount. Or call Mark and Robin at 877-599-7447. Happy shipping from Mark and Robin at BubbleFast. The best gavel-to-gavel legal news and information on the net is right, right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. And we're back. This is Bennett Kelly. Um, I thank Delphine once again um, from for her help in um, highlighting this important area of um, press freedom and cyber censorship. And, um, but there's an interesting study, and we've been covering a lot about the, the impact of the NSA surveillance has had both on U.S. business and, and, and elsewhere. And um, you know, there's an interesting study that just came out. It's been released by the um, Open Technology Institute, and it's a study that's a policy report um, the entitled Surveillance Costs, the NSA's Impact on the Economy, Internet Freedom, and Cybersecurity. Um, we'll probably be talking about this in more detail in another show, but um, in terms of costs to the economy, um, the, the summary notes that American companies are reporting declining sales overseas and lost business opportunities, especially as foreign companies turn claims of products that can protect users from NSA spying into competitive advantage. And so we've been undermining um, U.S. companies as a result. And um, in addition, um, it's also may have undermined our own um, cybersecurity efforts because the um, you know some of the um, it mentions that. The NSA has done serious damage to Internet security through its weakening of key encryption standards, insertion of surveillance backdoors into widely used hardware and software products, stockpiling rather than reasonably responsibly disclosing information about software security and vulnerabilities. So these are it mentions that this is you know kind of still having an impact on us, and we'll probably talk about this a little bit more um, in another show. But we, in the time we have left, it, it just wouldn't be appropriate to not note um, the passing of, uh, of an icon. And actually, we have two icons. Um, apparently, Lauren Bacall died um, last night or this morning, and um, who herself you know, was um, a legendary actress. And, um, cool. you, and she just heard the phrase, you do know how to whistle, don't you? Then you're, talking, you're thinking about Lauren Bacall. Ben, but, ben, it's um, not, even, yes. not even legendary could even say. I mean, glamorous, classy, yes. gorgeous actress. Yes, I mean, just, she just yeah. burst on the scenes at a very young age um, and um, with some classic roles with Bogey. And so, um, yes, you, you cannot begin um, to, to describe her. And she, you know, she did a lot even in later years. But um, unfortunately, we also lost, and I think the word is much overused, but I think we lost a, a great um, legend and genius and Roger Robin Williams and um, you know I was, I was watching kind of the blogosphere yesterday and how people are reacting to it and there were some people kind of lamenting that all this attention was being paid to Robin, Robin Williams and, and I disagree with that I think that um, he's an icon and 
you know, icons have a role in our lives. There are touchstones that we turn to and um, certain constants that we that kind of help us in, in different times. And you know, Robin Williams was someone we always looked to for a laugh, but there was, it wasn't just laughs. There was something about him that was genuine that we saw in him. And, you know, as he, he expanded his repertoire as an actor, um, and we more or less, you know, he showed us, the, to borrow a phrase, the tears of a clown, um, we, we saw his humanity, and uh, I think he touched us all with that. And, and some of the roles he played, I mean, the, in terms of both goodwill hunting, um, you know, the, the, the troubled souls that he, he took on. And, you know, one movie I think that was brilliant that he hasn't got much attention for, um, doesn't, it doesn't really come up much in discussions of movies from the 90s, was um, The Fisher King. And uh, he was brilliant in that, and as a kind of a tortured um, homeless person you know, struggling over the a tragic event. And uh, he, I just, um, I think you, you can't underestimate you know, how his value. I think uh, I think a lot of people he was universally revered, and I think you just look at the reaction to his death, and it maybe you know it'll, it'll make us think more about how he got to that point. Um, understand this better understanding of depression. You know, suicide is the 10th um, tenth largest cause of death in the U.S., more than AIDS and uh, more than car accidents. So uh, maybe it's something we need to get a better handle on. And and maybe it's something we can just learn, um, you know, try to reach out to people when we see that they're um, slipping away. There was reports in the media today that um, Williams was become less communicative over the last few months um, after his series was canceled, and um, so. If you know, I could jump out. in, go ahead. You know, I could just interject because yeah, the, when you're bringing up that, you know, he was in rehab. They said for about a month prior to this, and you bring up the great point about awareness and just you know, the create awareness about what the, the people need to get an understand this more and have an understanding and and do something more about somehow trying to create more prevention because right. you know, the one thing about this, it's not so much him that the, the effect of, you know, seeing such a great star fall this way, but then the effect it takes on his family because he had, you know, two relatively young ch- teenage kids. He has a right. wife that he's leaving behind that are going to be just scarred and, and mauled for life because they're going to have this on their conscience. You know, and this was something they couldn't they couldn't do, and he he probably might have thought this was a way out, and he might have been thinking like this for a long time. But you know, if the, the 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 message that has to be sent here is this is not the way out, and there has to be a way for people to have a support system to try to avoid things like this to, from recurring. Right, and there's a great J.D. Salinger short story called "Death of Banana Fish," and it's about how a guy. You know, the banana fish is he swims into this hole and he starts eating and he gets so big he can't get out and he's trapped and then and therefore he dies and you know it's kind of a, a metaphor um for the the main character of the short story who kills himself and um and I think you know, the feeling of being trapped i guess that's where we as friends and as colleagues we need to reach out and when we see that someone feels that way, to try to guide them to see that there is an opening, that there there is hope, yeah. and um, and for the fact that you know someone like Robin Williams, who was so um, full of energy and willpower and comedic genius, um, 
but you know, genius takes a toll on people. It, it seems, and, and um, not just that. You're talking about the range. Like I, the only person I can think I can even compare to the kind of celebrity that he is is a Tom Hanks. When you're talking about someone that with a great comedic timing, great just a great comic, great humor, to be able to have the range that he has to do. Everything he's done, especially all the dramatic works he's done in the last, what, 15, 20 years. Right. I mean, you talk about Goodwill Hunting, Dead Poets Society. I mean, just some of the range that he had was, was so tremendous. And not even like worrying about if he wanted to be in film or television. He would do the occasional television role, and it would be memorable. And it would be like you, you can't forget that character. But that guy just had so much range, so much talent. And it's a Dude. shame that he just didn't realize, maybe he just didn't realize how much he had, or there was just way too much pressure to keep that up. Well, I think he was under a lot of financial pressure, is what the reports that are coming out now. And, um, you know, losing the series, you know, he was getting paid a set amount, you know, 135000 a show. Yeah, crazy. And, unfortunately, going last of the season, yeah. Yeah, and so, um, you know, that, that, he was just feeling pressure from a lot of different ways, and you know, um, apparently suicide is up among you know older middle-aged men, and um, so he's a, and also there's also a high prevalence of suicide, um, or at least depression among those who have had open heart surgery as he had, um, and finally you know suicide and addiction um, are are part of a very cold and um, chilling embrace that um, you know seems to happen often. So I think that that's part of it, but you know, I I remember, um, you know, I was a big fan of Marlon Brando, and there was something about Brando that when he came on stage or excuse me on the screen, you you noticed it, and more importantly, when he wasn't on the screen, you noticed it. You noticed his absence, and then what you just said about you know Robin Williams was when he came on. Uh, on screen, when you, he, even when small roles, you know, he captured you. He seized the camera, and uh, you know, I mean, they're memorable. I mean, how many people, you know, put on Facebook, "Oh, Captain, my Captain," um, oh. you know, after his death. And uh, I mean, those are memorable roles, and those are roles that stay with you. And uh, um, he touched a lot of us, and you know, my my heart goes out to. His friends, his family, his wife, his, um, you know, who deal with these, this very hard thing. I'm, and I've seen what suicide can do to survivors. Uh, I had a good friend whose, you know, his mother committed suicide while he was in college. And, you know, what was a, a once sure path to, um, you know, future success, he seemed to kind of spiral elsewhere after that he and, kind of lost his trajectory and you know another thing with the kind of with, with the mental state that he had it's kind of unfortunate but also you could tell that he was able to touch into that dark side of himself because in some of the roles that i strictly remember i remember him being in the movie insomnia without pacino yes i'm thinking about um uh, one or was it a one-stop photo when he was beside the photo yes. guy you're talking about when he appeared on Law and Order Special Victims Unit, he was a particular, like, this supposed child molester character, I think it was. Just, like, there were just different roles that he just, that he would play such a villain and just such an evil, dark character. And that was, and it had to be a result of what he lives himself, that he's able to tap into that. The guy, and that's what a good actor has, is that they take their emotions and they're able, able to project them on screen and they're able to touch you with what they say and how they act and just their mannerisms. That guy had all of that. 
Right. And I think also this, you know, some of the best comics come from, yeah. you know, comedy comes from pain. And I know from my own experience, some of the most funniest stories in my life come from very dark moments. Yeah. You know, funerals or even moments of death. Yes. And yeah. in some of my family, um, have have led to some, you know, almost hysterical moments. But um, and so you know, Robin was definitely there. If you read his you know, background, he was actually very much a loner as a child. And he was just a, a chubby rich kid who played by himself in his dad's mansion. And uh, he eventually found his voice. He he went to Juilliard when he was roommates with Christopher Reeve. And actually, there was a really touching story about how um, when Reeve was, was in the hospitalized, uh, Robert Williams actually went into his room dressed as a doctor and um, did, some, did one of his famous accents and said, okay, and we're here for the rectal exam. And, and he, he made Reeve laugh for the first time since the accident. Oh. And, and he said, you know, at that point, I knew, okay, things are going to get better. Um, obviously, you know, he wasn't counting on Reeves, uh, on Williams being his doctor, but, um, you know, the laughter is the best medicine sometimes. And, uh, we want to thank, uh, Mr. Williams for his many years of being a, a, a very, um, ample, um, dispenser of that to us from Morgan Mindy on to, um, even, you know, some of this Disney, um, Appearances as in animated films. So um, thank God for all it, the works we have. We can look back on. Seriously, we have a whole lot we can remember him for. We have. What is your favorite, Brasco? I mean, Goodwill Hunting is going to be up there. And if I got to say, um, yeah, like I said, I enjoyed I enjoyed Insomnia because I think that character was just so dark and deep. And um, and if I had, I mean, want to look at anything else? I, mean, I think Birdcage. He was great. I thought it was funny as hell. Right. And uh, you know. There's others I just can't think of. It's just like if I go across, it's just way too. I, mean, I wasn't big. I mean, Mrs. Doubtfire was good, but it wasn't my kind of movie. But like, just either which way, Cadillac Man was great. There was Good Morning Vietnam. I never watched, but I'm supposed to. That's shocking. Radio you were, as a radio DJ, it's almost like you're bound to oh, watch I'm, it. I'm um, going to compel myself to watch it now. I have to. There's just no choice. And of course, but, you know what happens to the the character in real life afterwards. Uh, no. It's quite tragic. Well, I gotta watch it. No, and, he, be, and that's he, become, he becomes a lawyer. But yes, it is true. He does. I've actually met him. But um, no, I thought Good Morning Vietnam was a great role for him. But I actually, you know, and again, The Fisher King. I can't. You know, I'm definitely plugging that. But um, Deadpool Society. You know, Peter Weir is a great director, and it's just a very tender movie. Anyway, and I think it allows um, Robin Williams a way to show both his genius and also um, to expand um, his what he didn't show what his dramatic capabilities were. I, I thought it was a, a brilliant film, and uh, he, it was you know it couldn't have been a better cast. So yeah, I mean you know, and then again there might have been some yeah. It, well, I was going to just make a moment about like maybe some movies he might have. Chosen not to do like Popeye. Maybe he didn't have to do that one. So. Oh yeah, I mean, I, but you can't have a career that long and not have bombs. <laughs> I mean, you know, and uh, you know, and plus, you know, there's paychecks. And I actually saw him in a very small movie, um, which he actually agreed to do just so to help the movie get funding. He took a small role, 
And um, but I know we're running out of time. But anyway, yes, it was recently released. It's Annette Bening. I'm forgetting the name of it. Um, the look, the look of her, or something like that. The look in her eyes. Any event, um, we'll be back with another week of Cyberlaw Business Report next week. Um, court is adjourned. Thanks for joining us. And again, um, we will miss you, Robin Williams. All the best. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise, and with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.